Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I just got back from the T.O. Ranch uh, down at Raton. Actually, that's T.O. West. We were on the T.O. East, which is at Des Moines, a few miles down the few miles down the road and you know going to one of these big big ranch brandings is is something that I wish that all of you could experience at some point in time if for no other reason than just so that you would know that you really don't want to be a working ranch cowboy okay I mean that that's the truth yeah everybody thinks it's glamorous let me tell you about the glamour of a big ranch branding the alarm goes off at about 2.05 in the morning. I remember a time whenever I wasn't in bed at 2.05 in the morning. We were usually at IHOP or Whataburger. We need Whataburgers up in Colorado. The alarm rang at 2.05 and you get up and you kind of move in slow motion. Your eyes are open, you know, and you kind of look at, I looked at Kenny Mack, he's like, morning, and you're like, morning. He's like, how you feel? And you just lie, just flat out lie to each other. Oh, dude, I'm great, I'm ready to go. And inside you're thinking, I want to go back in there and go to sleep. And so, you know, we get up at 2.05 in the morning, go in there and fix your cup of coffee and get your boots and get your spurs on and you walk outside and you walk down to the pens and you see your horses and they're like uh-uh uh-uh I ain't having none of this so they climbed the barn no they didn't do that we went in and we fed them and then we saddled up right there and you know as I was saddling up I was thinking you know what despite it being 2.20 in the morning by now, man, th- this is all right, you know, I mean, you just got this feeling that there's nobody, very, very few other people in the world are saddling their horse, fixing to go gather these big pastures and brand a bunch of calves, and it's 2.20 in the morning, and so, you know, we were just saddling up there and everything, and then we got all cinched up, and anyway, got loaded up in the trailer, and we went over and got Kara, Kenny Mack's wife, you might have seen a lot of Kara's uh, stuff on Facebook. Facebook, Rockin' K-Bar Photography. We use most of her ranch pictures and everything. She does a fantastic job. And so Carrie gets in the middle and complains for the next three and a half hours about how tired she is. And so anyway, you know, we, we get over there. I mean, seriously, we leave Moore, uh, the Moore Camp at 3.15 in the morning. We pull up at the T.O. West headquarters at about 3.40, have to pull our horses out of the trailer, put them in another trailer, and go load up two cows that were taken over there where we're going to be branding that day. So we leave headquarters at about 4 o'clock in the morning, and there is just something about, we, we had about probably, I don't know, give or take 20 miles of, of pavement to drive down, and I'll never forget, man, now these are some big old, big country, and man, there was just, Truck and trailer lined up, probably seven, eight trucks long. And man, that was a cool thing to be a part of. And so anyway, we get there and then we turn off and we go for like 400 more miles on a dirt road just and everything. And, and about the time at 5.30 in the morning, we pull up to this pasture that we're gonna gather. Now I only knew like two people and I'm not counting, you know, Kenny Mack and Kara I knew and I knew Abe Fair uh, it was his country that we were gathering. And so anyway, 
I got my horse out and everything like that. And, and they call Kenny Mack and they're like, Kenny Mack, we need you to take some of these trucks and trailers around here. And Kevin, you stay here. I don't know nobody because Abe's not around and now Kenny Mack and Kara aren't there. And so you can't hardly even see. And I'm with all these cowboys. They don't know me. I don't know them. And so I'm cinching up and everything like that. And I was like, well, just act like you're confident. You know, so I sit so speedy up, and <laughs> I figured out that day that speedy is like calling, uh, you know, that six foot nine, 350 pound guy tiny. That's why they call this horse speedy. And so anyway, I sent so speedy up, and he, Ugh. I was like, hey man, I hear you, I hear you, buddy. And so they send some of these guys, and <laughs> I was kind of like, you know, they're like, well, you go over here, you go over here, you go over here, you go over here. I was like the last one picked. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a game of skinny boy dodgeball or something like that. But anyway, so they're like, uh, well, Sean, why don't you and Kevin come with me? Which I figured out later, we had a lot of country to cover, and it was up and down, so it was a privilege to go that direction. Of course, I didn't know it at the time. But man, we rode out there, and we jumped some cattle and everything, and man, we just kept riding and kept riding up and down and up and down and up and down. And, you know, we finally, uh, this guy named Yunk, that's his name, Y-U-N-K, Yunk. Yunk dropped me off. Good cowboy, man. Big old tall thing. He's like, Kevin, why don't you drop off here, and you're going to go, and you probably ain't going to see nobody till we get to the pens, but there's going to be somebody on your right, and I'll be on your left. He said, we may see each other every now and then. So I was like, all right. Man, it was a beautiful morning going in through those canyons and everything like that, pushing these mama cows, and you could hear them. At this time, before all hell broke loose, the wind was not blowing, and it was a beautiful morning, and I'm riding over there, and all of a sudden, oh, Speedy, he'd look up, and I'd see this fella kind of coming this way and we'd kind of meet and kind of see each other and then I'd know you know just kind of assured that there was that you were in line because that's the worst thing that can happen is when you go the wrong direction you know you're trotting out here looking and people are going that way <laughs> there's none this way I already checked I was just coming back to see where y'all were no I did, that didn't happen that didn't happen so anyway, we, we finally got to the pens, and man, there's, there's a bunch of cattle, there's a bunch of cowboys, and I seen Abe, and I seen Kenny Mack, and everything, and, and that's about as easy as it got that day. We have been talking, except for last week being Easter, we have been talking about a sermon series that I've called Insanianity. I posted that on Facebook this morning, and a lady tried to correct me in the spelling of it, and she spelled insanity. I deleted that. <laughs> Don't try to correct me on my own page. I get enough from that from Janelle. Not really, I'm joking. So anyway, uh, we've been talking about insanity, and if you haven't been here, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And unfortunately, Christianity... A lot of people don't practice Christianity. They practice insanianity because they keep living their lives like they did before they knew Christ after they come to know him. They keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. 1 Timothy 4.12 is the, is the passage that we have based this insanianity series on. And, it's, and the Apostle Paul tells a young man named Timothy. He says, don't let, in, don't let anybody hold it against you that you're young. But be an example in the way that you talk, in the way that you live, in the way that you love, and your faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is faith. You know, there is no greater illustration of an authentic 
ride for Christ that I can think of than a working ranch cowboy. They go out there, and, and we're talking about it in a spiritual sense and a physical sense. They go out there and they saddle up in faith every single morning because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't do it because you, you have to do it because you love it. Because if you don't love it, there ain't no reason to do it. But you go out there and you saddle up in faith, and then you haul down the road, and before too long, you get your pony out and you cinch up in confident hope. I mean, you know, that may be hoping that you're going to get to rope something that day or hoping that you just don't fall off, whatever the case may be. But a, a cowboy every day, man, he saddles up in faith, he cinches up in confidence, and he rides in the assurance of a lot of things that he don't see. You know, whenever I was going along, we, I only came across four head of mama cows and calves. There was 160 in that pasture, but I rode that day in confident assurance of what I didn't see. I couldn't, I barely saw the guys right on, on the right and left of me, much less the guys outside them, and I knew that there had to be more than four cows and four calves in this pasture, but I was confident and assured that those other cowboys were going to find them. I could hear them. Well, Hebrews 11.1, when we're talking about faith, Paul tells Timothy, be an example in your faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us the biblical definition of faith. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Think about that. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Are you saddled up in faith? I mean, if you call yourself a Christian, if you say that you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, sent down, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, to show us the way, died on the cross, rose again from the dead three days later, and now is back in heaven preparing a place for us. If you claim that you believe that, are you saddled up in faith? Are you cinched up with confident hope? And are you riding in assurance of what you do not see every day? See, a lot of people, a lot of people that call themselves Christians, they're not doing that at all. What they're doing is they are not saddled up in, fear, in faith, but they are saddled up in fear. Every day, just scared of what's going to happen. Scared if you're going to keep your job, what the economy's doing, you know, what your kids are doing, what your spouse is doing. What, blah, blah, blah. Just constant fear all the time. But if there was one command that Jesus gave over and over and over again, he said, do not worry. Do not be afraid. But that's the way we used to live our lives. If you're a Christian, we should no longer be living in fear, but we should be saddled up in faith. We need to be cinched up in confident hope. But like I said, a lot of times we're not cinched up in confidence. We're cinched up in worry. Man, every day we, we go to work and we live our lives with just this, this kind of knot that a lot of times we don't even notice because we're so used to it being there. Just that anxiety, that worry of trying to control everything of getting mad at the drop of a hat because somebody or something didn't happen. It didn't happen but like you would want it to, like I would want it to. That's what we're cinched up with. And we're riding not in assurance of what we don't see, but a lot of people, they're not practicing Christianity. They're practicing insanity because they're riding not in assurance of what they don't see. What they're riding in is what they see and feel. You ever see, I mean, we've all been there before. You know, if, if everything is going good, boy, you're happy and yay, you know, the world is good. Hey, turn that frown upside down and you just want to kick them in the face, <laughs> punch them in the throat. Or they're walking around all, hmm, 
And you're like, good morning. And they snap at you and you want to punch them in the face and punch them in the throat. You know, a lot of people are walking around. They're not ruled by the promises of God. They are ruled by what they see and the way they feel. That is their God. How we feel, what we see. We base truth and what's right and what's wrong based upon the way we think things should be. Based on what we feel and by what we see. Not on the things that we do not see. What are some things that we do not see? How about God's promises? You know what? God's promises will never fail. You may not see it right away, but God said that he would always be flanking you. He would always be on your right or your left. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And just because you can't see him because of some brush or because you're down in a canyon don't mean that he ain't got his eye on you and he's watching out for you. We need to learn to ride in faith. We need to be saddled up in faith. We need to be cinched up in confident hope, not worry. And we need to be riding in assurance of what we don't see, not riding in just what we can see and how we feel. That's insane. That's doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. We pulled up to the pens, got everything pinned, sorted all the calves off. There was some calves... There was two of them about this big. The rest of the calves were this big. I really wouldn't call them calves. I don't know what Abe was feeding them down there. But we got them all sorted off, and there's about 160 in the first group. Well, because we had so many cowboys, half the cowboys went to go gather the pasture over and gather them while we branded, so we're, we were cut in half. And I drew flanking duty on that first batch. Abe is about my size. You know, he's about 6'4", 250 pounds. Not really. Abe is about 150 pounds just like me, and most of those calves outweighed both of us. And, you know, when you put a bunch of calves into, into a pen and everything, their mamas was over here, so all the, all the younger ones were smashed up in the corner bawling for their mamas, and all the big ones were out there going, come on, baby, try me, try me. So our, our roper, guy from Clayton, New Mexico, he went up there, and it was like picking big old oranges off a tree. He'd reach down there and grab them, and here he'd come. Abe was like, I got the rope. So whenever, the, whenever it would come by, Abe would grab the rope, I would grab the tail, Abe would pull one way, I'd pull another, and nothing would happen generally. <laughs> Calf would look at us like, try it again. Y'all done? What, y- what y'all doing? And finally we'd get it on the ground, and I would jump on its head, and I'd bend its leg, and I'd pull its leg up, and I'd try to hold it, and here in a second it'd just nosedive me. Huh. Right on my head, you can see my hat. We were getting our butts kicked. I'm talking, after about 20 of these monsters, I am not kidding you. I told Abe, I said, Abe, we got a trade, man. You let me back there. You get up there and wrestle them big old things on the front. He's like, all right, I'll switch with you and everything. So whenever, whenever that fella came by with this next one, I grabbed the rope. We pulled his feet out from under. It landed on its side. Abe jumped on its head, and I told that cowboy, I said, you hold it. Abe was like, I thought you were going to be on the rope. I said, I was on the rope till it got down. That horse can hold it. And then this is what I did. There was a pickup parked right here, and it had the propane tank in the back because we had a fire going for the brands and everything. And I went over there. The wind was blowing about 50 miles an hour by this time. That pen was about this deep and nothing but baby powder dirt. And I was huffing and a puffing. Every time they would brand that smoke, I mean, I, I love the smell of, of burnt hide. It's just a cowboy thing. But I don't want to have my face in it breathing it. And that's what it was. Man, I had asthma and everything like that. 
I was feeling plumb sorry for myself about this time. My legs were kind of wobbly and I was trying to act cool, but I looked more like this. And whenever, whenever I saw, I told that cowboy, I said, you hold it. I went in front of that pickup and I got down like this. I didn't throw up, but I gagged three times. That's how hot, that's how tired, that's how out of shape I was. And I tell you what, man, just hurting. You know, if your shin has never collided with an Angus 300-pound calf with a head about that wide, if your shin has never collided with their forehead, man, you just haven't lived yet. I've still got a softball-sized bruise on my, on my uh, shin. Well, they finally called lunchtime, and boy, I was just, I was ready to sit down, man. Like, like I said, I was a little bit shaky and everything, still trying to act cool, walked over there, got like three beans, because that's about all I thought I could handle, and a sopapilla. You got to grab a sopapilla if it's there. And I went, and I sat down next to the trailer, and I was eating and everything, and I saw this pickup pull up. I had posted a picture of me that day, dirty, and I was in a white shirt, and everything, this one lady, I deleted her comment too. She's like, who brands in a white shirt? Well, I do. I brand in a white shirt. And this other cowboy got out of a truck. He was in a white shirt too. I liked him from the get-go because it was buttoned right here. He had a big old hat on with that wide kind of Texas-looking brim and everything. He unloaded this nice little bay cow pony. We got done eating and everything, and I knew who he was because I'd been told he was the ranch manager's grandson. And so when we went back to Brandon, by now we're branding the other set of calves that they had brought in. And uh, anyway, this fella's name is Luke. He gets out there and he's warming his little old pony up. I mean, a good looking little thing and everything. And man, when we got that fire going and everything was ready, he goes in there, man, first try, just whoo, sucks up two feet, dallies, rides toward the fire. And you can tell that colt hadn't, hadn't pulled much because it was a little bit unsure. But man, he just kept a steady hand on it, kept that horse going straight. Pulled it right to the flankers. Flankers did their job. They took his rope off. He went back, sucked another one up. He probably did about 10 of those. And by now, I'm getting to ear notch because people knew that I was either going to ear notch or die. <laughs> so I'm ear notching by this time, and we'd all kind of rotated out, and some other fellows were flanking now. And all of a sudden, I'm doing my stuff over here next to the table, and I hear, woo! And I look up. And these flankers, they've got their calf down, and Luke is bringing another one to the fire, and his horse decides to do just what Ty's mare did that day. Bust wide into, like that. Well, he loses his dally. Well, actually, he pops it, because, I mean, there's probably the width of this stage, and he's fixing to go right over about three cowboys that are on the ground. And so, you know, cowboys are scattering, and Luke's trying to stay away from them, and he's not even trying to pull up. He's just trying to uh, keep, keep out of those, from on top of those cowboys. And he gets to the corner of that pen, and, I mean, this horse is, it's not bucking real hard, but I promise you, in, in a situation like that, there is no easy bucking or hard bucking. Horses bucking and everything like that. And I, he's trying to pull the head around. And if you go to Facebook right now, actually on the live stream, that is a picture of that exact thing happening right now. You can see that horse is up in the air and Luke's trying to pull his head around. And that's when I saw it. I saw one of the greatest illustrations of the way church should be. It wasn't in a building like this and it wasn't on a Sunday morning. It was on a Tuesday afternoon about one o'clock 
And I saw 12 cowboys drop what they are doing, and they went and they huddled around Luke because what had happened is his hobble strap had broke. The little strap, it's a piece of leather about this long that holds the back cinch to the front cinch, and it had broke, and his back cinch had slid back and flanked his horse. Now, his horse wasn't trying to buck him off because he, he was rank. He was just flanked. And so they went over there and everything, and one, on one of the rounds, the horse is still bucking and everything, he reaches out and snatches that back cinch and lets it fall. And I mean, as soon as that... It falls. That horse just stood perfectly still. Then they got down there and Luke got off and they fixed the hobble strap and everything. Took some old baling twine, because that's what you do. Took some baling twine and tied it up. Cinched it back up. Luke never said a word. Stepped back on it. Trotted his old horse around. Pulled down his rope again. Went after it again. How many times in life do we run into a wreck? We just give up when it goes south. Man, I saw that cowboy. I saw the greatest illustration of the way a church should be when I watched 12 cowboys gather around a young man who was in a wreck and help him out. But you know what church does most of the time today? Most of the time, when somebody gets in a wreck, they go to and let him go be among himself. We have got to gather around people that are in a wreck. And it doesn't matter if it's a wreck caused by themselves or circumstances that they don't have any control of. Man, how come 12 cowboys in the middle of a pasture can gather around a young man, a young person, and help him out? And why is that so uncommon in church today? Now granted, the Bible says that we're supposed to carry each other's burdens, but carry our own loads. What that means is no cowboy jumped on his horse for him, but they did go and they unburdened that horse that was causing it to buck. Man, can't we do that? And I also saw a great illustration of an authentic Christian ride that day too. And he didn't give up. He didn't give up. He didn't try to quit. He kept going with more gumption and more confidence and more courage after the wreck instead of quitting and giving up during it. Why is this such a big deal? Because there's something I didn't tell you about Luke. This is something that his mother wrote on the 24th of this month. Today is a day that I have anticipated for almost four and a half years. A week has not gone by that I didn't mark off the weeks. I began marking off the weeks after Luke's first bone marrow transplant, waiting for his second year anniversary of that transplant. Waiting for this magical hurdle that is so enormous, very few lives clear it. We were so close, so very close. We were exhausted, but the hurdle was in sight. And as I drug myself and Luke closer to the hurdle, I saw him getting weary. But we are so close. The closer we approach this hurdle, the more clear it became to me. We were not going to clear it. My heart sank as we were told the news that we would have to start the race over. Luke relapsed five weeks before we were to approach the two-year hurdle of remission. Exhausted, terrified, and confused, we drug ourselves and our son back to the starting line. Only now the line had been moved further back. Not only would we have to start the race over, but the race would be harder, longer, and there would be more hurdles and some serious obstacles, and we, wouldn't start, and we would start again much more exhausted, feeling defeated. But we looked upward to the only hope we had, Jesus. He is our only hope. He is hope. We put one foot in front of the other, trusting, clinging to the only one who, could, who would have to carry us. We didn't have the strength to run this race again, so we drug ourselves into the arms of Christ trusting and waiting on him to finish the race, holding us. There were moments that I thought he would drop us, but he didn't. 
There were times I tried crawling out of his arms. He remained faithful and strong. Today, he carried us across a huge hurdle. Today marks two years in remission and anniversary of Luke's second bone marrow transplant. Praise God, he is trustworthy. Unlike a physical race where the only way to become stronger is to do all the work yourself, the only way to have spiritual growth is faith in Jesus and his work in and through me. He is the author and finisher of my faith. I rest in him. And he spent that day and the two before doing what he loves in the pens horseback. I learned something about authentic Christianity. Who was I to moan and complain when there was a cowboy right here that had been through two bone marrow transplants due to leukemia? He never once complained. He never once shied away from doing what God called him to do. And you know what? I don't want any of y'all, any of us, to shy away any longer. We must saddle up in faith. We must be cinched up in the confident hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And we need to ride in assurance of what we do not see. What we don't see is Christ has us. He's there for you. He's there for us. No fear. No quit. No complaining. No more living your life like you used to live it before you came to Christ. Now let us saddle up in faith, cinch up in confident hope, and ride in assurance of what we do not see. Luke is an authentic rider of the Long X brand. And I hope to be the kind of man one day that that 16-year-old boy is today. Listen up. This is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. You want to hear the most exciting news since the invention of toilet paper? Save the Cowboy wants to start a church in your area. We have a new program called Save the Cowboy Line Camps, and if you've been wishing that there was a Save the Cowboy in your area, then God is probably laying it on your heart to help me start one. Just go to savethecowboy.com and you can email me for more information. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitch and Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitch and Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.